Welcome to the Face-Offs and Fantasy Podcast with your two co-hosts, Sean and Marcus. We are back for episode number 14. 14. Marcus, what's new? What's going on, Marcus? What's new? Nothing much. Just excited to podcast with you tonight. Yes, sir. What, uh, what's new in your life, though? Honestly, just... Our intro, man. Come on. <laughs> been back to work. It's been pretty slow so far, so just enjoying the quiet work time, I guess. <laughs> Right. Not too busy for me as of right now. Now that the holiday season's over. Yeah. Getting back at it. Exactly. I'm, I'm still on parental leave, so I'm still not working. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, pretty Very sweet. jealous. Very jealous. <laughs> well, I don't know how much if you're if you're getting any more sleep or anything like that, but <laughs> jealous yeah. to not be working, but you know, raising a child is a lot of work too, so Yeah. No, it's uh it's it's got its challenges. Certainly sleep is probably number one on the list of things that i miss Mm. but yeah no it is what it is i I started a course yesterday as well in teaching we have these things called aqs additional qualification courses so taking a course started yesterday so i'm kind of like slowly getting back into the swing of things nice so that'll help yeah and then i have to start you have to start back i've start back february 1st for semester two true so i also have to start planning my courses for semester two Mm -hmm. so even though i still have a couple weeks off i still have to like get going yeah on everything to make sure i'm ready to go so for sure keeping busy you can't just jump back into it obviously you got to be prepared for when you're teaching your new courses exactly exactly so yeah how about you sean what what else is new with you that's pretty much it not a whole lot going on we just we're finally back at home now being away was hard in the context of uh little man's his schedule mm-hmm. so we're just trying our best to get him back on track and yeah. get he's down to three naps a day instead of four. So that's good in the middle of the day. So it's supposed to help him sleep better at night, which nice. he's been doing all right. Yeah. He wakes up like two, three times a night. Last night he woke up four times though. So Ooh. hopefully he has a better night. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, that's about it, man. Just been shoveling the driveway like twice a day up here. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mad it cold today. I heard like, well, I know in Toronto it was very cold. It was like, minus 11 felt like minus 20 or something like that yeah same here i think we were minus 12 felt like minus 20 yeah yeah pretty damn cold yeah the wind here is bad too because we're in a farm like plains area area. yeah yeah so there's there's not a whole lot of trees and forests around us to like block Mm -hmm. the wind Mm -hmm. so it's also super windy so gotta plant a tree in your backyard yeah there's two in the backyard one in the front yard nice okay yeah they were planted uh by the developers. Okay, so they're just still saplings then. Oh yeah, they're tiny. Yeah, they literally just went in at probably the end of the summer. Oh nice. Okay, so, so well you'll see them grow up along with your child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. They're pretty much the same age as him within a couple months. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. So quite literally. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you could show them. You're like, you know, that tree is old as you. <laughs> well, same with our house. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we got our house in March. He was born in June. Perfect timing. So, yeah, <laughs> pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, well, very exciting stuff from us. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure most no people. Hockey. It's all been yeah. canceled or postponed right now. So we're just scraping at the bottom of the barrel of what we're doing with our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's is more a little entertaining than mine. I just sit at home, work, and play video games. Just do nothing. Yeah. I, I was watching football this weekend, week 18, first time in, in NFL history. So there's 17 games this year instead of 16. Oh, 
Okay. So there's a lot of records and stuff that were mm-hmm. kind of on the line and to be broken and stuff, which makes sense, right? Because yeah. there's an extra week. An so extra game. Everybody has that extra week to kind of get stuff done. More but touchdown passes. More, more touchdown, more receiving yards, more sacks, yeah, more, more this, more yards. that. Yeah, right? Everything's oh, kind of there. I didn't know they uh, extended the schedule. Yeah, there's one more game in the regular season than there has been in the past. Hmm. The one interesting that happened this weekend was the Indianapolis Colts had a game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars are dead last in the NFL and are going to receive the first overall pick in the draft next year. They had two wins on the season. no lottery system? (laughs) No lottery system in the NFL. So if they won the game, Indianapolis that is, they would make the playoffs. Yeah. And if they lost, they wouldn't. Oh. Yeah, they they lost. Oh, no. (laughs) Massive, massive upset. And then it started this kind of trickle down effect of all these other games that suddenly actually mattered yeah so there was a couple games of importance your pittsburgh steelers marcus ended up going to overtime and beating the baltimore ravens oh knocked the ravens out of the playoffs oh wow so because indianapolis lost and then pittsburgh won Mm -hmm. there was one game at night between the las vegas raiders and the los angeles chargers yeah pittsburgh would make the playoffs so long as there wasn't a tie Oh, really? (laughs) And as you know, in football, ties are very infrequent. Mm -hmm. Dude, the game went to overtime. Oh, no. (laughs) All the way down to two seconds left in overtime. And then the Raiders ended up kicking a field goal to win. Nice. So Steelers are in the playoffs. Two seconds away. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. But the crazy part about it is between the Raiders and Chargers, that game that happened at night, Mm -hmm. if the game ended in a tie both of those teams would have made the playoffs. Oh, dang. And Pittsburgh would have missed. Yeah. So, so they're like, yo, you want to tie? So yeah. <laughs> so there was some collusion. Some stuff happened. I was watching the game with my buddy Bubba, and there was less than two minutes. And what ended up happening was the Raiders had the ball, and they ran it. So the clock continues to run if mm-hmm. you run a play and it stays in bounds. Yeah, yeah. And the clock is ticking down. And all of a sudden, the Chargers called timeout. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, what are you why? doing? <laughs> like, wh- why are you calling a timeout if the game ends in a tie? So then they, like, I'm positive that if they didn't call that timeout, the Raiders would have just been very lackadaisical. They wouldn't have rushed it. They wouldn't have tried to, like, you know, gain a few extra yards to try for the field goal. Yeah. They might have just, oh, well, the time ran out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because the thing is, if the Raiders went to kick the field goal and – I know it's slim chances, but if it was a blocked field goal and the defense ran the ball back for a touchdown, you don't make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. If they kick the field goal and it doesn't make it out of the end zone and the guy catches it and runs it back for a touchdown, you don't make the playoffs. Whereas you have possession of the ball and if you kneel and run out the clock, you make the playoffs. Yeah. So I honestly feel like if the Chargers didn't call timeout, the Raiders might have just done it. But as soon as the Chargers call timeout, it's like, okay, well, they're trying to keep clock like time on the clock so that if the Raiders kick the field goal and make it or they miss the field goal, yeah, then they'll they have, have a chance to go back, right? Another opportunity. So Ooh. it was just such an interesting game, though. Like the Chargers came back to force overtime. And then on the first possession for each team, they kicked a field goal each. Like it was just crazy. But the fact of the matter is the Steelers had to win their game. They needed Indianapolis to lose their game, and they needed no tie between the Raiders and the Chargers, and all of those things happened on Sunday. So the Steelers ended up making the playoffs, 
But it was just crazy because the Colts played at one o'clock and then the Raiders Chargers game wasn't until eight twenty. Mm-hmm. So from like one o'clock all the way until midnight, it was just like mayhem. Everyone's speculating or like saying, Yeah, oh who's my gonna gosh, make the playoffs? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's not gonna make the playoffs? Like all of this stuff kind of going back and forth. So crazy. It was it was pretty nuts. And then the funny thing too is my Packers were playing against Detroit, but the Packers had already finish first place in the nfc mm-hmm. so finishing first place in the regular season for the conference yeah you get a buy in the first week of the playoffs yeah. you don't have to play a game yeah. so they had already guaranteed themselves the buy so the game did not matter to green bay mm-hmm. so i think rogers played like the first few drives maybe even the first quarter and then yeah. he sat the rest of the game yeah detroit because jacksonville won if detroit lost that game they would have gotten the first overall pick Oh, really? Yeah. And in classic Detroit Lions fashion, they won. They decided to win the game. And here's the thing, man. The Packers, although it didn't matter, the game didn't matter, they still scored 30 points. Oh, wow. So So all Detroit had to do was score less than 30 points to get the first overall pick. Nope. They scored 37 points and decided to win. (laughs) I was like, bro. (laughs) See, man, they're professional athletes. They're not just going to throw away their season or not win a game because I know they can get a first overall. I get it, man. But if you're the coach, if you're the GM, like maybe you just, Oh, we're going to sit these guys and we're going to play these guys instead. Or maybe we're going to call a running play instead of a throwing play. You know, there's just ways around it where it's not obvious. Or maybe there's no like definitive number one overall. There isn't this year. Like there's no number one quarterback or anything like that. (laughs) There's no guy like that, but it's always better to have the first pick than the second oh, pick. Oh, no, of course, of course. Because then you get to decide, right? But anyways, it was just funny. The best way I can describe it to hockey fans would be they're essentially the Buffalo Sabres of the NFL. Like, this okay. is a team that has had no success, like none whatsoever. And they had a franchise quarterback the entire time. Like, Matthew Stafford was a stud. And, like, he still is. He plays for L.A. now. Uh, he got traded. They traded for Goff, right? Well, they got Goff in return, but that okay. was because the Rams couldn't have both Goff and Stafford's uh, contract on the team, so oh, they okay. had to they had to trade him back, like to make the money work. Yeah. But anyways, uh, but yeah, like it's this this that was a team that had Stafford. It was a team that had Megatron, Calvin Johnson, mm-hmm. like literally a Hall of Fame wide receiver. And for years and years, they've just sucked. They honestly have been so bad. <laughs> and you know, obviously, it sucks. They're in the same division as the Packers who went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. So it's a team that's had a lot of success, obviously, yeah. over the past couple of decades. Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah, literally one after the other. So it, it's rough in that sense, but they just have not been good. And they've been consistently poor. There was a stretch where they ended up going 0-16 one season. Mm-hmm. And then the next wow. season, they only won like one or two games, I think. So <laughs> pretty brutal, pretty brutal <laughs> overall. And it was just so Detroit Lions. To see them win that game. <laughs> Just hilarious in my opinion. So, yeah. Well, anyways, speaking of the Buffalo Savers, maybe we should get into some hockey talk, Marcus. Sure. Let's jump into it. <laughs> uh, first thing I want to talk about today is Evander Kane. Yeah, this is like the third, maybe fourth, maybe even fifth time we've talked about him on this podcast. But it's the Evander the re- Kane podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We talk about Evander Kane and then, you know, some other NHL news. Yeah. <laughs> Big, big news coming out of San Jose. They have actually terminated his contract. Basically, what happened is 
it's different than like placing somebody on waivers and sending them down to the AHL. He was placed on unconditional waivers, meaning at the end of that, if he wasn't picked up by any teams, they were going to terminate his contract. It came out that the team standpoint, I should say, because this is all alleged, as I'll explain, the NHLPA and Evander Kane have filed a grievance against it. But from San Jose's perspective, he was playing for the AHL affiliate and he broke COVID protocol. And so he's obviously done this a couple of times now. He was already suspended for providing false documentation of COVID vaccination last last season. And so they basically have decided that they think they have enough evidence to be able to terminate his contract so that the contract is void. So he has four years left on this contract. It's a $7 million contract per year over the next four years. So pretty substantial. It's a $28 million cap hit anyways. I'm not sure about the dollars he's already been paid. It is not often that players will get let go or have contracts terminated by NHL teams. The NHLPA is a, as dumb as it is in a lot of contexts in terms of actually providing their players with any assistance or service because I certainly don't think they do a heck of a lot for their players in that context in terms of helping them in times of need. But one thing that the NHLPA certainly does is it forces the league and the teams to uphold contracts that have been signed. Like this is a big deal. This this does not happen very frequently in the NHL. So the NHLPA, the Players Association, on behalf of Evander Kane, have already filed a grievance against this. Here's the tricky part, Marcus. His contract is officially terminated. The NHL backed San Jose. San Jose asked the NHL, like, this is what we're planning on doing. And the NHL said, yeah, go for it. So that means they obviously have enough evidence that the NHL felt comfortable and terminated the contract. Yeah. His contract is void. What does that mean, Marcus, about Evander Kane right this second? He's a free agent. He is a free agent. He can sign anywhere. With any team. There is a small catch to this, though. If he files the grievance and it goes to court and the court deems the actions by the San Jose Sharks to be wrong, Mm -hmm. is his contract no longer void? Does that mean he is still under contract with the San Jose Sharks? That's a good question. If he signs as a free agent with another NHL team... And then it goes to court, and then it's found that San Jose (laughs) did something they weren't allowed to do. You got to go back to San Jose. (laughs) I have no clue how this would work out. I don't know. Like, if he signs with another team, is he shooting himself in the foot? Like, do you think by going to another team, even if San Jose was found guilty of basically doing something they shouldn't have done? I think if anything, they would have to terminate terminate his contract amicably or in another manner. You know, right, not just making it vo- null and void or whatever. They'd have to pay him out, like a buyout, essentially. Or he'd have to go back and play for them or something. Yeah, that would be the interesting <laughs> part, <right>? I, <laughs> I doubt that he would go back to play for San Jose. I think it will be another way of terminating his contract then. Where he still gets paid some type of money. Yeah, probably. Well, that's why he's, yeah, that's why, you know, he's out X amount. And no one's going to sign him for $7 million this season no, he's no, gonna no, get, no, no, no. if he's gonna get signed he'll probably get league minimum or maybe like a million bucks or something and yeah. he'll obviously be prorated for the rest of the season so he may make you know three hundred thousand or four hundred thousand or whatever yeah. it may be or maybe it's bonus laid in or something but 
either way, he's he's not gonna be getting anywhere close to his current contract, which is hence why he he's filing for um his grievance. Yeah. It, it's at least an interesting conversation to have. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> because if they do file the grievance and it turns out that they were correct, then yeah, I feel like that'll cause an even bigger ripple effect. But the biggest news of all of this, to be honest, in my opinion, is the fact that the San Jose Sharks are getting themselves out of a seven million per year cap hit for a player that doesn't actually play for them, anyways. Mm-hmm. Like. That's big, man. Seven mil a year for the next four years. All of a yep. sudden, they've freed up that Save. cap space. Whoa, does that change things? If they can get rid of one or two of their other bigger contracts, can they do a retool yeah. instead of a full rebuild? I don't know. I, I mean, their other big contracts are a lot harder. Or I feel like, if anything, just looking at age and statistics probably Evander Keynes was probably the most lucrative to be able to trade just based on the fact that you're looking at Brent Burns who's like well past his prime yeah and you know he's still got a hefty I don't know how much is left on his contract but it's still a very big cap hit you've got Eric Carlson who's early into his big contract you've got and and I think he makes like 10 million or something like that he makes more Uh, than i think carlson makes 11 and a half well okay there you go yeah (laughs) okay logan couture is obviously tradable i think he's still a very productive player for that team but you're not going to be trading away your captain i'm pretty sure mark edward vlasic makes oh yeah around seven million makes a decent contract as well and he's definitely not the player that uh he was when he was signed so i think (laughs) Unfortunately, yes, they get, or fortunately, they get out of Evander All right, I got you here, Marcus. I got you here. Carlson, 11.5. Okay. Six years remaining to UFA. Yeah, that's... Brent Burns, $8 million, four years remaining till UFA. I'd rather have Kane than Burns, statistically speaking. seven years, or $7 million, five years until unrestricted free agency. Yeah. 11, 8, and 7. Holy moly. So that's what I'm saying. That's $26.5 million in three defensemen who are there for at least another four seasons. Yep. And Whew. no offense to those defensemen, they're not producing to their contract at least. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so. that's crazy, man. I would say uh, of Couture's all of their... $8 million and six years until UFA as well. But at least he's, you know, he's playing like a or close yeah, to he, an eight million dollar player. So he's a solid option, that's yeah. for sure. So yeah. unfortunately, like I said, like like I was saying, Kane would probably statistically be one of the easier contracts to move out of all of their big contracts. Statistically. <laughs> I guess uh would have been. <laughs> yes. So yeah, like you're saying, that's great for them that they can if if they are able to terminate his contract and there's no repercussions or anything, then that's good for San Jose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing I forgot about with this team is they're paying Martin Jones for another six seasons. Oh wow! How much is it though? I don't think it's that much. Like uh, two f- or three million. Yeah, it's less than. Oh well, it changes. Okay. So it's 1.9, 2.4, 2.9, and then it goes down to 1.6 for three years. Okay, so at, at its peak, 3 million. 3, mil. 3 million, just under 3 million. But wow, that's nuts. 2 man. to 3 million per season. 
that's pretty crazy to think about that he's getting paid by San Jose for the next six years to not play for their team. He was not playing well when they bought him out, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like you like you said before, you know, well, what, what you said about Vander Kane, basically uh, addition by subtraction, so that's what oh, they yeah. felt. <laughs> <laughs> they had to do it, yeah. but anyways, it is what it is. Life goes on. I mean, if they were going through a full rebuild, I don't know, maybe you hang on to him because you don't mind that his numbers are so bad. <laughs> uh, but anyways, pretty big. We'll see. There's a lot of talk about him potentially signing a contract pretty soon. Apparently Edmonton's name has come up quite a few times. So we'll we'll keep our ears uh, to the ground there and we'll, we'll try to see if there's anything that comes out of it. And Well, Edmonton does need help. I don't know if it's another forward, but they do need help. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't hurt, <laughs> but yeah, it is what it is. All right, let's, let's move on then. So another couple things that happen around the league in terms of some changes is in management. Mark Bergevin, the ex-general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, has signed on as a senior advisor to the general manager of the Los Angeles Kings. So he is working there. I think uh, Luke Robidai is the president of Hockey Ops. So maybe there's a bit of a French connection there. Mark Bergevin is heading over. True. There was talks about him going to LA, apparently even at the beginning of the season when he was still the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. So it's not surprising to see where he landed. Yeah. And yeah, I guess this is potentially just if Rob Blake is let go, then maybe they just have him there waiting in the wings. I don't know. Uh, but I certainly think Rob Blake would get at least, you know, another couple years to try to round out that team. But uh, they certainly have not done much since he's taken over. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Yeah. And then the other one that happened, Marcus, is Nicholas Lindstrom is back in Detroit. He has signed on as the VP of Hockey Operations. So there you go. Nice. Uh, that That's a big one, man. Yeah. I think... Stevie Y getting his uh, old assistant captain to help him out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So there you go. CBY Next is bringing to see gr- Chris Osgood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, apparently Nicholas, one of the biggest things Nicholas Lindstrom is supposed to be there to do is to help with defensemen, <laughs> to mm, help develop yes. defensemen oh. <laughs> and make sure development's going well and make sure that they're, you know, drafting and, and getting the right guys that they need. So they already have an absolute stud in Maurice Sider, and yep. I'm excited to see Nicholas Lindstrom there to help out and maybe give him some advice. We'll see For if sure. he can get even better than he already is. Well, Nick Lindstrom, how many Norris trophies did he win? Like four or five? Oh or yeah, like he won so, quite a few. Yeah, I mean, and I think you I think could it was one of those Nick Lindstrom trophy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe one day, man. Yeah. But I think he also ended up winning like three when he was pretty old, like in the latter half of his career for sure. Yeah. So yeah. It is what it is. He, he was. I mean, having him there to help the defenseman is is huge. Like, oh gosh, you know, he he'll, he can provide so much advice and information and you know everything like experience. Yeah. To those defensemen, so absolutely. Detroit is definitely up and coming. I think you've got a good chance on your bet, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly hope so. I, I picked Detroit over Buffalo and over Ottawa. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I still like the Sens, and I know you you know there's a lot of guys there in Buffalo right now, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. No, well, if you know, Sens, they can play Matt Murray. And <laughs> yeah, for better draft picks. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to move on, Marcus. If you're good with it, I actually want to talk about the Canadian teams. Sure. How they're doing. Yeah. And just, just a quick you know, quick little check-in just to see how those teams are doing because it's been a while since we've talked about non-Leaf 
Canadian teams, I guess. And a lot's changed in the past couple of weeks. Okay, so we'll start off with the Atlantic Division. Leafs 22-8-3, 47 points in 33 games. They are in third place in their division, which Still. is crazy to say. <laughs> yeah. But they do have some games in hand. So I do believe if they win out the rest of their games in hand, they would be closer to the top. It's just a stacked division. Tampa Bay, Florida are both phenomenal teams as well. Those top three teams are doing unbelievable. It is what it is. I don't really see any issues with the Leafs. You know, they blew that game to Colorado. Hey, it is what it is. Colorado's a solid team too. So to get out to a 4-1 lead is always a good thing, but certainly would have been nice to close it out. At least we get a point for going overtime. Yeah, that was a tough one, but it is what it is. You know, you can't count out Colorado. They are a very good team. Yeah, and also the positives is uh, Matthews is definitely catching fire. Mm-hmm. And that is always a good thing for the Leafs because he's the kind of guy who could score like 20 goals in 15 games if he's really into it, right? Oh, yeah. So keep an eye on Matthews over the next uh, five games or so. Let's see how he continues that streak. Seventh and eighth place in the Atlantic Division, Marcus, is the Ottawa Senators and the Montreal Canadiens, respectively. Senators, 20 points in 29 games, and Montreal has 18 points in 34 games. (laughs) so the Sens have two more points in Montreal but they also have five games in hand the one most notable thing to me is the last 10 games that the Canadians have played they are one seven and two (laughs) this season is done for them eh yeah I obviously I mean (laughs) I think it's definitely past you know we we can make it panic mode you know we're, we're not sure maybe but yeah no it's it's done for them. It's a write-off. Right now, you know, it's about getting assets to come back strong next year. So basically, try and get some draft picks. Also, uh, just low-key, Arizona has 17 points in 33 games. So if Arizona wins their next hockey game, then the Montreal Canadiens are in dead last in the NHL. So have you heard of Shane Wright? <laughs> he's he's going to be a good one. The alleged uh, first overall pick for next year's draft. Yeah. yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that Montreal Canadiens are going after Shane Wright. Yep. Well, that's the way to go to be in last. Get your best odds, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not according to Marcus. No. I, well, <laughs> the team that wins the Stanley Cup should have a percentage in being able to get Shane Wright. Screw I never Montreal. Said, I never said that. But screw Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> that's word for word verbatim what Marcus said. Yeah. He said well, it off air, you know, he's just playing it up now like he never said it. I want winners to just keep winning. <laughs> yeah. And screw nope. Montreal. <laughs> screw Montreal. Hope they never win another game. <laughs> no, we'll see what happens. Uh, definitely been a rough season for them. They've been hit with the injury bug, obviously, and, and COVID doesn't help. But mm-hmm. now the the really poopy thing is obviously with the lack of fans, too. It's It's really hard, right? For sure. I was listening to Agent Provocateur or maybe it was the Chris Johnson show. But one of them were talking about how every game that the Leafs play without fans in the building, they lose $3 million. Oh, wow. And every game <laughs> that the Montreal Canadiens play without fans in the building, they lose over $2 million. Oh, wow. So I did not, not know that. only does it suck for the players to have to play without fans cheering them on, yeah. but financially speaking, it is killing these teams. So that's why the NHL is actually still postponing Canadian games. Mm-hmm. Sorry games with Canadian teams because they're trying their best to push them back to maybe when there can at least be some capacity because any capacity is better than no capacity for these teams financially speaking yeah 
Well, especially teams like Ottawa, right? They they oh. need any amount of money they can get. Well, if anything, it sucks worse for Toronto because Toronto's losing money for themselves, and then Toronto also pays for Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> so it's true. a bit of a double whammy. But Toronto would survive. Ottawa yes. uh, may not. Well, <laughs> we'll see what happens. The Winnipeg Jets are in the Central Division, Marcus. They've fallen off a little bit. They're in fifth place now in that division. They have 37 points in 33 games. Still fairly respectable. They're playing all right hockey. But the big news out of Winnipeg is, you know, Paul Maurice just, bye. <laughs> bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he resigned from the team. So he basically just, he, I think he's like the third most winning coach in NHL history. Wow. I didn't know that, but I know he's been yeah. coaching for a long time. Obviously coaching Carolina. He coached the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yep. So. I think Winnipeg twice, right? I think They're, it's Carolina twice. Oh, Carolina twice. I'm yeah. sorry. I know he was at the same city twice, but yeah, I think anyways, he went back yeah. to Carolina after coaching the Leafs. Right. So, yeah, here's a guy who has a ton of respect around the league, like Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. won a ton of games, and he basically just said, it's just not working. This team is better than we're playing, and I just don't think, like, I think they need another voice. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy for someone like that to self-reflect and to think about that and to be able to step down from that is mm-hmm. is pretty crazy, right? You know, there's so many people who would kill to be in that position. Good for him, though, to be able to do that and, and to recognize maybe maybe the pandemic is part of it, right? It's changed yeah. a lot of people's perspectives on what they do and how much they love doing it. And maybe he just needed a bit of a reset and, and maybe it is good for Winnipeg, right? Maybe they did need a slightly different voice in the room, but if he wants another job, he will get another job in the NHL. So it's really just up to him if, if he's, you know, thinking about retiring at this point, or if maybe he just felt like what he said, you know, Winnipeg just needed another voice and that's just not me right now. So anyways, crazy, crazy. I mean, I, I think you're very right. And what he said is probably true. You know, he's been there for a very long time. And as most coaches go, they, they wear out their welcome and, players aren't receptive and aren't responding to their comments or their motivation or whatever the coach uses to help encourage his team to win. Right. So yeah, it, it's, it's just part of the game and yeah, you, you have to be motivational for sure. So mm-hmm. if you've lost some of that passion, then I can see how it would be extraordinarily difficult to do. Yeah. Right. And well, you that's know, like maybe- how, John Tortorella is right. He he's a great coach at first, or when he gets to a new team, he's usually able to motivate his team pretty well, and then eventually he, <laughs> and then, he falls on deaf ears, or people. And then just, by the end, <laughs> yeah, they're not listening to him. So yeah, no, it certainly happens. I, I think that happens with a lot of coaches, right? I think yeah, you I think that's most coaches. F- I mean, it's very. I mean, without other than like Lindy Ruff, who used to coach Buffalo, he coached Buffalo for a very long time. And There's think, another name, Marcus. Oh, that. That should be was, at the top of your list. Yeah, and then um, who else? Uh, Barry Trotz, for he coached Nashville for a very long time. Oh well. man, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> years and years. Yeah, I think over ten years or something. I like that. yeah, I want to say like thirteen. <laughs> yeah, but that's also David Poyle's been their GM since it, since they became a team, right? Yeah, I think he's I think been so. there for seventeen years. I don't know how long they've been a team for. But uh, yeah, there's there's one more name, Marcus, that I'll bring up is John Cooper. Mm. Oh yeah, he's the most the longest active coach, correct? Yeah, the longest active coach. But I think he's been there almost ten years now, and 
what's crazy about that is, you know, they stuck with him and, and look at the success now, right? Back-to-back mm-hmm. Stanley Cups. And so clearly he has not lost yes, the ear of yes. his team, right? But yeah, that, that one I think is very much an exceptional case. And it happens, life goes on. Uh, but I think uh, the Jets need to start picking it up a bit because I said they're in fifth place, but Dallas has one game in hand and Dallas is only one point behind. So if Dallas were to win their next hockey game, that would mean Winnipeg is actually in sixth place in the Central Division. So That's a tough division, though. You look at those teams and probably everybody but the Coyotes And are, Chicago. And Chicago, I guess. <laughs> But I mean, uh, you, you know, you look at you know Chicago from a couple of years prior. They they were one of the top teams in that division. So it's just yep. just goes to show that that's a a very good division. Just going down the, the oh, you got stacked. the Predators, the Blues, the Avalanche, the Wild, the Jets, the Stars, and then you got the Blackhawks and the Coyotes at the bottom. Central, I think, has a lot of good solid teams through and through. Mm-hmm. They're still not quite as top heavy as the Atlantic. No, no, no. But no. they true. certainly are. Uh, an extraordinarily tough division to play in. Yeah. The only other one to me that's is kind of relatively close is maybe Metropolitan the Metro, Division. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's a hard division to play in, and that's Winnipeg. They're just gonna have to figure it out for sure. But that's enough of Winnipeg. Let's move on to the Pacific. Oh, uh, one note. So Barry Trotz, uh, he coached Nashville for 15 seasons, 1998 wow. to 2014. And I'm assuming 1998 was the first year that they were a team. I believe so. Yeah, that was so. That means David Poyle's season. David Poyle's been there for uh, well, ninety eight, twenty something years, eight, 20 oh, eight, 18, 20, Yeah, like twenty four years. Yeah, <laughs> jeez, that's Crazy. a long time. That's a long time. Good for him though. But I think uh, management, it's a lot easier to. Well, not easier, but you're, you're not wearing out your welcome, right? You're yeah, you're the management, <laughs> and and I mean they had a good team for a number of years, so yes, he's obviously done a Stanley good job. Cup finals, made the Stanley Cup final. I'm Too sure bad they got a great win. rapport with the owners and everything. So moving on to the Pacific Division, yeah, we have Calgary in fourth, Edmonton in sixth, and Vancouver in seventh. Yeah, so this changed pretty think, rapidly. Yes, that has changed <laughs> significantly. I mean, we're talking about Calgary and Edmonton. We're talking about teams that were in first and second place in that division, right? For mm-hmm. a, a long time. The good news for those teams is this is a weak division. So they're not out of it. Second place team right now is the Kings at 41 points. Calgary has 40 points, but the good thing for Calgary is they have three games in hand. Even Anaheim, who's in first place in that division, they have five more points than Calgary. Calgary has five games in hand still. So they're not out of it. They still have good chances to make uh, the playoffs. Sorry, the Golden Knights are currently in first in that division. Oh, they I'm have, sorry. Yes, my, my apologies. The, the Golden Knights are in first place in that division. Similarly, though, they have 47 points, so they're seven points ahead of Calgary. Yeah. And Calgary has five games in hand, right? So that's a potential 10 points they could get. So they're not completely out of it, but certainly... The way that both of those teams have been playing is not a good trajectory. That is not looking good in terms of those teams and their ability to be able to bounce back. If they don't figure out what is wrong and what is plaguing them, man, that is going to be a tough second half of the season. Yeah, they've definitely had a... Those two teams have had a big swing since probably last we've visited where teams are. They have not been... They've been struggling the past probably even more than the last 10 games for sure because, you know, now... Calgary is fourth and Edmonton is sixth in the division, but yeah, hopefully they can turn it around. I mean, obviously we are rooting for our Canadian friends. 
Yeah, and then and in Vancouver, they're they're eight one and one in their last ten. You know, since they've essentially cleaned <laughs> house. <laughs> Bruce, there it is. Yep, yep. Bruce Boudreaux is uh, definitely motivated the team, and uh, they're they've been playing well. Eight one and one. That's that's quite quite good. They and they went on a pretty good winning streak for him to start his tenure as oh, a yeah. Canuck as well. Yeah, it is. It is nuts. Like, that's the craziest part of this whole thing to me is the fact that the Vancouver Canucks are only three points behind the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. Think back to the start of the season. Think back to how amazing and how hot Edmonton was to start the year. Mm -hmm. McDavid, Dreisaitl going off. Nobody's going to catch them. How poorly Vancouver was doing at the beginning of the year. Literally fired everybody, got rid of their GM, got rid of their coach, got rid of the assistant GMs, got rid of a bunch of people in the organization. And now there's only a three point difference between them. Yeah. Like that is crazy to me. I hope Vancouver comes back. I hope Vancouver makes the playoffs. Yeah, because could, then... I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they make the playoffs and you may, you may see Edmonton and Calgary looking from the outside. Yeah. Dropping off a little bit, but uh, for me, it's because I picked Cal- uh, Vancouver, sorry, to make the playoffs. So I, I'm really hoping that they can bounce back and, and make, at least one of my predictions, right, Marcus? Because <laughs> I don't think many of the other ones were. What do you mean? The Seattle Kraken, they're in last. <laughs> and you yep. got the Golden Knights in first. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure you said that. I, they're, I they're certainly in first did. now in yeah. the division. And uh, it looks like right now the Blackhawks have five more points than the Kraken. <laughs> so I think that's got to be like a little mini bet we have by the end of the year is who has more points between Chicago well, and Well, I only Seattle. said the Kraken would be in third in their division. You said the Blackhawks are going to be second in the Central. Uh, you know, you know, Marcus, it's <laughs> such was, a strong I, I division. I was just saying, you know, ultimate chaos. I just wanted, you know, want to see another Golden Knights. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Unfortunately, they're not going to be that, but what do you mean? They could go eight, one and one in their next stretch. And they could, <laughs> they, could. they could Marcus. I, I fire, don't doubt it. Fire Ron Francis, fire everybody, bring in some new guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, bring in a new team, maybe to me, the biggest takeaways, Toronto Maple Leafs are the best Canadian team. Yep. Still continuing that tradition as of last year, they, they showed their dominance last year in the North Division, and they're continuing that. So that's good to see as Leafs fans. Fantastic to see, but also sad to see for Canada that the teams are kind of in a rough spot, right? A bit of a rough place. So That is true. Everybody else does not really look like they're in a playoff spot. Yeah, so that's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Hopefully some of those teams out in the Pacific can make their way back. I think it'll be hard for Winnipeg in the Central, but they definitely have a strong enough team. So we'll see where it goes from there, Marcus. Yeah. We'll revisit it, and hopefully the standings will be a little different next time. Yep. Not for the Leafs. Well, maybe from third to first or third to second. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully going up. I understand what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think we should get into the new section, Marcus, of our podcast. Something new that you wanted to try. Yeah, let's do it. So I I thought it'd be fun to have um, some quizzes so we can quiz each other and test our hockey knowledge. We got to try some new stuff, see what works, see what doesn't work. Well, there's we only always... so many people we can tell. You got to pick this guy up in fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why don't we... you have him? Why don't you have him? I have a few things I want to talk about for fantasy today, but we'll get to that after this new section. Marcus. Of course. Yes. In our fantasy section. 
Yeah. And I mean, do you want to give a quick update on the Leafs before we jump into quiz? Um, I mean, they're in first or they're the best Canadian team. We said they're in third place in the division, just solid through and through. They've been performing so well. They've been showing up most days. Campbell's rock solid option. Mrazek is finally back. The one thing obviously is the defense could improve, but honestly, they're still not playing bad. Like we have a solid team forward depth is crazy. I will give you kudos because your boy Mikheyev has been going off. <laughs> he and, did get yeah. an assist in the in the um, the loss against Colorado. Yeah, a, pl- a power play w- assist at that. Once we get Marner back too, that'll only be another huge boost for this team. Of course, right? He was injured for so long, finally came back, then hit the COVID list. So hopefully he'll be back soon, and hopefully that'll be something that really sparks sparks the boys as well. Although they've been scoring a whack ton of goals, so yep. six against. Uh, Ottawa, and then they scored another, what, four, four. goals against Colorado? Yep, and um, four against the Oilers as well. And four against the Oilers as well. So, yeah, not too shabby to have 14 goals in three games, and you're missing your usually top point scorer. He usually has the most points on the team, although Matthews yes. usually yeah. has the most goals. Yeah, yeah. I guess upcoming games, they got the Golden Knights and the Coyotes, a back-to-back today, tonight, actually, at 10 and tomorrow at 10 as well. So tonight is the Golden Knights, and tomorrow are, is the Coyotes. little road trip to the desert. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's get into that quiz. All right, I have a question for you, Marcus. Okay. <clears throat> and all of our listeners. Here's how it works, Marcus. There's one question I have for you. Okay. The question is actually quite simple. There are 11 answers. Okay, Marcus? Okay. My question is, there are currently 30 Two teams in the NHL. Mm-hmm. I am not counting the Seattle Kraken in this. There are 11 teams, Marcus, that have never won the Stanley Cup. Seattle would be the 12th, but I'm obviously not counting them because they have not had the opportunity yet. So what are the other 11 teams that have never won a Stanley Cup in the NHL? Okay, so there's Vegas. Vegas is one, yes. There's 10 more. You, you can think about it too, you know, yeah. as, as Arizona. You Arizona is another team that has never won the Stanley Cup. Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg is another team. Ooh, palms are sweaty. <laughs> do you want do you want there's also a bonus part to this as well. Okay. Four of those eleven teams have never made the Stanley Cup. Oh, okay. All right. I can't I can't I can't think of that right now. I'm still trying to go through the teams. Um we got Ottawa. Uh, yep. we have Florida. Yep. Um how many am I at? <laughs> You have five. You have Vegas, Arizona, Winnipeg, Ottawa, and Florida. There's six more teams. The San Jose Sharks. San Jose Sharks, that is correct. Um, Have they made the finals? Yes. Ottawa's made made the finals? Yes, they have one time. Yep, they played against Anaheim. (laughs) That was uh, Ray Emery, right? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I don't even remember. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Who else has not won the Stanley Cup? Would you like a hint? No, 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 no. I, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. We may have to edit it to make it sound like I wasn't thinking so long. <laughs> no, that's part of the fun, man. All right, all right, all right. Th- that's oh. how it works. There's okay. four teams left. Has has Buffalo. I don't think Buffalo has won a They have cup. not, Marcus. You are down to three teams. Three teams. Okay. St. Louis won the other day, so. Washington has won the other <laughs> the, day. The other day, 2018. Yeah. 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 Washington, that's <laughs> those, correct. They've those won. two were not on the list or were on the list before. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. There's four left. I miscounted. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. You have seven of 11. So it's four left. 
Okay, give me a hint. Okay, I have two potential hints. I'll give you one first. The first hint I can give you is two of the three you're missing are Canadian teams. Okay, the Vancouver Canucks and... Did I say the Winnipeg Jets? Yeah, I said the Jets. Oh, I'm sorry. You got uh, Winnipeg and Ottawa already. Yeah. So there's three Canadian teams. So my so, apologies. Yeah. Okay, so Vancouver, Winnipeg, and Ottawa. They've all... Yeah. They have not won. <laughs> yeah. So the two there's last two teams, more teams. Okay. Okay. Two last teams you're missing. One is West Coast. One is East Coast. Okay. One is Central, and one is Metropolitan. Oh, the Blue Jackets. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, the Blue Jackets. I for forgot sure. about the Blue Jackets. And the Predators. <laughs> yep. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. So pretty crazy. So those are the eleven teams: Vegas. Arizona, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Florida, San Jose, Buffalo, Minnesota, Vancouver, Columbus, and Nashville. Do you want to do the second part of that? Only four of those teams. Four have not made the finals. Have not made a Stanley Cup final. Okay, so that's the Blue Jackets. Yes. The Wild. That is correct. The Jets. Yep. They, They were close. They made the conference finals that year. Yep. And there's one team left, Marcus. Arizona. That is correct. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Man, good job. Thank you. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed you got that. Well, once I looked at the teams, I was like, okay, well, I, I figured out, I forgot about the Blue Jackets and the and the Predators. <laughs> yeah. But Well, Nashville made the finals, though. They were yes, close. Yes, they did. We were just they talking did. about David Poyle. Yep, that is true. All right. Your question, Sean. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to just go with the four categories as in, Games played, goals, assists, and points. Can you name the team leaders, the active team leaders, active games played, active goals, active assists, active points? Okay. I mean, goals, assists, and points are pretty close in terms yeah. of if you can guess one guy, they probably have those. Well, other I'm going to start with Boston because yes. right. I have a feeling it might be the same guy for all of these. I'm going with Patrice Bergeron. Okay, so... Patrice. I think he has the most games played, the most goals, the most assists, and the most points. Patrice is the leader in all four. <laughs> Perfect. He's got 1,174 games played for Boston, 386 goals, 557 assists for 943 points. All right. There so goes the easy one. Okay, so the second team, I guess, if we're just doing alphabetically, would be Buffalo. Yep. Okay, so Buffalo... Oh, man. Who plays for <laughs> Buffalo? <laughs> yeah, oh. This one. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a rough one. The only guy I'm thinking that's been there a while, I guess, would be Rasmus uh, Dahlin has probably been there for a bit. I'm not sure there's any other players that have been on the team for long enough. I'll say games played mm-hmm. is... I'll give it to Rasmus Dahlin. I'm going to give goals to, ooh, man, it's a team that doesn't score. I'll say Olafson. I'll give assists mm-hmm. to Darlene, and I'll give points mm-hmm. to, I, I guess I'll pick one of those guys then. I'll go with Darlene. Okay. So I'm going to tell you, you're wrong on all accounts. <laughs> Who's been there for a while? So this one's harder because this show is just active in the NHL on the list that I'm looking at, but... The name that jumps out at me for games played, number two on the list, or technically number one in who's actively on the team, is games played Zegmis Girgensons. 
Oh, Gergensen's. Yeah, he's been there for a while, I guess. Zemgus. Sorry, not Zemgus. Zemgus. 520 games played. So knowing that, do you want to change your goals, assists? Well, it's probably him if he's been there for that many games. Are you? Do you want to go with that? <laughs> sure. He is. He is goals. He is. He has the goals. <laughs> okay, I'm. I'm giving him goals then. Yes. All right. So there's one other player. I think you can think of him. Um, he's still active on the team, and he's got assists and points. And he's got assists and points. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I guess like somebody like Jeff Skinner or Kyle Ocposo. Yes. So it is. It is Kyle Ocposo. With 339 games, he has, sorry, Zemgus Zem, has 68 goals. Kyle has 66 goals. Assists, Kyle Ocposo has 105 and 171 points. Wow. Let's move on, though, because it's going to take us a while <laughs> yeah. to get through all of these teams. Yeah, well, you got, if you just name off like Boston, you're good. Yeah, there you go. So I guess I got Boston. In alpha, exactly. You're one for two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And next, you want to go with Detroit? Yeah, Detroit makes the most sense to me. Ooh, again, this is a bit of a younger team, team that's gone through a couple of rebuilds at this point. I am going to assume that Dylan Larkin's name is going to show up at some point. So I'm going to keep him in mind as we go forward. Man, who else has been on that team for a while? Do you need a hint? Sure. Okay, they play defense. Defense. They play defense. Okay. Who the heck plays defense? Is this points with the Red Wings or points in general? It's points on the Red Wings. Like while playing for the Red Wings? Yes. yes. Okay. Actually, because they have Dylan, Dylan Larkin has goals, assists, and points. So, yeah. You got those, you got those three categories right. with Dylan Larkin. It's games played. Who you got to guess? Uh, I'll say Nick Letty. No, not Nick Letty. <laughs> who is it? <laughs> Uh, do you want another hint? No, that's okay. All right, Danny DeKaiser. DeKaiser. Oh, okay, yes. okay. He has played 517 games. So he's their current games played leader. Okay, okay. Actively on the team. And Dylan Larkin had 132 goals, 189 assists, 321 points in 465 games for the Detroit Red Wings. Perfect. All right. I'm not doing too bad. No, you're not doing too bad. Four for four for Boston, three for four for Detroit. We're just not going to talk about Buffalo. That's okay. I I could barely name five players, remember? (laughs) Yeah. Nobody knows a ton about them anyway, so that's fine. (laughs) So Florida? Florida. Florida. Okay. Okay, Let me me make it a little easier. Just give me one second here. You are looking for two players. (laughs) Uh, Huberdo and Barkov? Those would be correct. Can you name what categories, though? Okay. For goals, I'm giving it to Huberto. For points, I'm giving it to Huberto. For assists and games played, I'll give it to Barkov. Okay. It's actually games played, assists, and points to Huberto. Oh. So 626 games for Huberto, 363 assists, 544 points. Wow. And it's only goals for Alexander Barkov. Damn. 195. Whereas Huberto has 181. Wow. So Very close, though. He is close. He, he is the close to being the all-category all, all leaguer, I guess. The, that, those four categories. Yeah. Just got to pass. But, One more guy. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> Who's also playing though? <laughs> yeah, that's the only, and they play together. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You're doing well though. Good job. Thanks. Thanks. Um, Montreal. Okay. Uh, got... Do you want me to tell you again how many names you're looking for? Um. Sure. Yeah. You tell me how many names at least. Okay. Uh, I'm just double checking. Okay, it's one name. For everything? Yeah. One name for everything. If I had to pick one name for everything, it would probably be Brendan Gallagher. Correct. Yes. 607 games played, 191 goals, 176 assists, 367 points. Woo! He's actually behind on this list because it's showing active NHLers. He's behind Max Pacioretty, who's played 626 games. So just a, just 19 more games, but scored 226 goals, 222 assists for 448 points as a Montreal Canadian. Wow. All right. <sighs> Next up, <sighs> the Ottawa Senators. Here we go. Give me a second here to find how many names you're looking for. Yeah, I think I have an idea of who I would be picking for this team. And his name for games played is Thomas Shabbat. That is my choice for games played. Mm-hmm. My He's also going to be mine for assists and for points. But for goals, I am not going to pick Shabbat because I think he gets more assists than goals. But is there somebody who scores more goals? I would think someone like Batherson, but he just hasn't played there too long. Batherson or Norris probably have more goals than Stoitzla and Kachuk. So I'll go with Josh Norris. Okay, so you are very correct on Thomas Shabbat. Okay. So you got those three categories off. So you're looking at goals. You said Josh Norris, right? Josh Norris has 31 goals, and that is not the correct answer right now. Who has more? Do you want to guess it or no? I mean, I would probably pick Batherson or Kachuk. I, I can't think of any guys who have been there for longer. The only other guy I can think of would be uh, Brown, Connor Brown. Yeah, Connor Brown. Connor Brown has more. Connor Brown, would, isn't, he's not the answer. <laughs> okay, okay. So you have said the answer. Oh. It is Brady Kachuk. Brady Kachuk. <sighs> Man. He has 72 goals. Next on the list would be Connor Brown with 41, then Thomas Shabbat with 36. Colin White, I think Colin White still plays. Yeah, he's just injured this season. Yeah, Colin White with 33, Drake Batherson, 32, Chris Tierney, 31, and Josh Norris, 31. Did you want to know the games played and the other Thomas Shabbat stats? Sure. 283 games played, 131 assists, 167 points. Not bad. Boom. Got this. I'm crushing this. Tampa Bay. All right, the next category. very well. Or the next team is Tampa? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to be a good one. I think I'm going to give games played to Victor Hedman. I'm going to give goals scored to Steven Stamkos. I am going to give, oh man, I'm going to give assist to Hedman. And then I'm not going to pick Hedman or Stamkos. I'm going to pick Kucherov for points. Okay. So you're correct on only one category right now. (sighs) Ah. Steven Stamkos is leading goals by a mile. 455 goals. Next in line is Nikita Kucherov with 222. Wow. So that means Stamkos probably has points too then, eh? You're going to lock in that answer? (laughs) Yes, I'm going to lock in that answer. That is correct. 
What about assists? I, I'm assuming Stamkos then. <laughs> that is correct. And he also has and game played. That is correct. All right, Stamkos <laughs> is the all-time leader. This yes. Okay. Victor Hedman is very close though, or is or was or whatever you want to say it. He he's Stephen Stamkos has 877 games played. Victor Hedman 853. Yeah. I knew because because Stamkos has mid missed like substantial time. Yes, and I know yes, Hedman absolutely. hasn't missed a ton of time, and I thought they were close yeah. enough in age that maybe the amount of time that Stamkos missed would have put Hedman ahead of him in games played. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think very close. Though. I, it's more like recency bias too. Like I feel like people forget how incredibly good Stamkos was for so many years. Yeah, and playing with he's still very playing good, with Saint yes. Louis and the I mean, Cavalier too. Like man, oh yeah, oh oh yeah, oh scoring 60, 60 goals in his sophomore season. Yeah, so. yeah, that was That's crazy. Incredible. So sorry for the disrespect, Stamkos, <laughs> but that is no, a stacked he's... team. So <laughs> yep. it's always good when you can kind of have that problem, right? Oh yeah, of course, of course. And assists, he's got four hundred and fifty-two assists. Victor Hedman is close with four hundred and thirty-three. Ah oh, man. See, I was close. So you're very close, close on no, both no, of those. I, th- very good guesses. And then points, Stamkos with 907. So he's over a point per game player still wow. on his career. And Victor Hedman has 554. Nikita Kutrov, 553. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Very, very close yes, then. Very close. All right. Last but not least, our beloved Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, this is going to be a tough one. Well, I think the easiest answer is games played, and I'm going to give that to Morgan Riley. Correct. Okay. So at least I got one right. Yes. <laughs> I'm a. Actually, he passed Tyler Bozak this season. Oh, yeah. He's got 605 games played. Tyler Bozak was 594 wow. as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Yeah. Nazem Kadri is the third at 561. Impressive. Yes. But you are correct with Morgan Riley. Okay. I'm correct with Morgan Riley. I'm going to assume that Matthews is goals. That is also correct. 221 goals so far in his career. Damn. He uh, Second active NHLer is Phil Kessel with 181. Right. And then Nazem Kadri is 161. And these are as Toronto Maple Leafs. Right, yeah, yeah. Currently active or second active Maple Leaf, William Nylander with 118. And then Mitch Marner with 109. Yeah, I was thinking and, Nylander would probably be second on that list. Yeah. John Tavares is fourth with 106. Yes, but he's also played about 150 games less than those two as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Right. And then assists. I'm going to go with Mitch Marner. Okay, so it is actually Mitch Marner is correct. Yes. There's another name. There, Mitch Marner is actually tied with another player. Oh, right really? Now. Yes. On the Maple Leafs, huh? Yes. Whew. Uh, I'm thinking it's either the captain or Morgan Riley because he's been there for more years. So it's who do you want to go? It's either Tavares or it's Riley. I'm gonna go with Riley. He's been there longer. Correct. Yes. They both have 270 assists. Wow. As Toronto Maple Leafs. That's crazy. Yes, it is. It is really good numbers. And next on the list, I guess, is Tyler Bozak with 229. Phil Kessel with 213, and then active is William Nylander with 180. Yeah. Then Austin Matthews with 166. Nice. John Tavares with 126. So the question now is for points. For points. It's between Matthews and Marner. Is that correct? Yes. Oh, I'll I'll say Marner. They're actually only separated by 
eight points. Wow. Is it Marner? It is not Marner. Marner. <laughs> it is Austin Matthews with 387 points. Man, if Marner didn't miss so much time this year, though, you know? That's true. I'm sure he would have easily <laughs> been in first or very close. Mitch Marner has 379. So Nice. Very, still very good. I mean, they're both over point per – well, Mitch Marner is just under point per game with 381 games played, 379 points. Wow. And Austin Matthews is over a point per game with 364 games played and 387 points. Wow. But he's actually currently behind Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel is right now the number one active NHLer who scored as a Toronto Maple Leaf with 394. So he had 394 points as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Good for him. Yes. Well, that was a good question. But good job, Sean. You did very well. I don't remember how many you got right and how many you got wrong, but you definitely had more right than wrong. Yeah. I mean, I was close. I feel like a lot of them I got at least the top two guys. Yeah. So there there was only, I would say, really just Buffalo. the Detroit <laughs> games played, and then the Ottawa one was, uh, I mean, Ottawa still got Shabbat for three out of four. Yeah, yeah. But Ottawa, Florida was Ottawa. hard because it was Huberto and Barkov. I just didn't know who was mm-hmm. who, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then I I disrespected Stamkos a little, although Hedman is super close in two of the categories I gave him. Yes. So. Yes. It is what it is. You know, one one injury for Stamkos and Hedman will probably pass him. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully he doesn't right? get injured. But yes. Obviously, we don't want that. Marcus but, jinxed him. Yeah. Loki. Yeah, that's fine. You know, uh, Loki is a Leafs fan. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, if we didn't have to play him in the playoffs. It wouldn't be the end of the world. And the last thing we're going to get to today is our fantasy section. I just wanted to mention just a few trade targets, Marcus. And we can kind of talk about why, I guess, a little bit. But number one is Evgeny Malkin is back. He is playing tonight for the first time all season after recovering from his knee injury. So That's sweet. Huge for you. Huge for me. Game doesn't start him on the for another half an hour, <laughs> so we don't know how he's doing yet. But yeah. great news in that context. So if for some reason he's still a free agent in your league, because maybe you have a deeper league and nobody drafted him, yeah, he's back. Mm-hmm. So maybe take a look at that. Otherwise, he's somebody you could potentially get in a trade. Maybe it's somebody that you could get for a bit of a lower cost because he hasn't really proven himself yet this year. And maybe somebody doesn't have the space for him on their team, but they've had him buried on the IR for the entire season. So that's an idea right there to keep in mind. He'll be playing with good players no matter what. Well, he makes them good too. He makes them good himself, but then he'll also be playing with their top six is really strong. So of course, of course, it doesn't matter who he plays with. He's going to be playing with good players. Solid option for you there. Next player, Marcus, is John Klingberg. Yeah, we mentioned him last uh, last podcast. We certainly did. What's happening with John Klingberg. It sounds like the talks of trading him are ramping up. So from what it sounds like, there was some more communication from the team, the Dallas Stars that is, and they are still not really committing to him on a long-term deal. So he was upset. He was hurt this offseason when he started those conversations and basically they went nowhere. He's been there for a long time. He's really done nothing but perform for them right and he was on a seven-year contract so this is the end of the seventh year he loves it in dallas he wants to stay there doesn't sound like it's gonna happen though and this is where the business side of it comes in right Mm -hmm. so 
Why are we bringing him up in fantasy, Marcus? What do you think? If he gets traded, he could have some more opportunity. He can get some more playtime and get some more points. Boom. So that's a possibility. Now you have to keep an eye on it, right? Because some teams might be contending teams, but they might want him just to shore up the defense. I certainly wouldn't be offended to see him in Toronto. I wouldn't be offended to see a right no. shot defenseman. It's been a long time since we've had an elite right shot defenseman in Toronto. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm not against that. Uh, I'm not sure how we make it work with the cap hit, but if we can make it work with the cap hit, I don't see why not. What's his current cap hit? His current cap hit is somewhere in the mid fours. That's not too bad. It's not bad at all. And if it put him as one of the lower paid defensemen on our team. Yeah. And if Dallas is able to retain some of that salary too, it's more just uh, the fact that we're so close to the cap, right? Yeah. So yeah, we'll just have to figure true. that out. I know we're going to save, what do we say, 1.15 or something? when we. Well, you know, we're going to trade him Razik. Yeah. yeah. That, <laughs> that's the last thing Dallas needs, man. We we talked about the Dallas goaltending <laughs> situation already. They, they Razik got... and Nick Ritchie for John Klingberg. Yeah, for John Klingberg, exactly. <laughs> you hit it first. Perfect. Speaking of goalies, Marcus, <laughs> as you brought up uh, Mrazek, <laughs> one of the names on my list is Marc-Andre Fleury. Man, as I, as I mentioned, as Marcus mentioned earlier, I had higher hopes for Chicago this year. I thought that their retool would be something that would be successful. I think a lot of the sh- stuff that happened off the ice really impacted this team's ability to succeed. I think mm-hmm. that it affected them more than they're letting on. And so sure. it's been a rough year. Flurry probably isn't established in Chicago. He just moved there. I feel like he's probably not calling Chicago home as of yet. So if there was another team that came calling and said, hey, do you want to run at another championship? I feel like he's the kind of guy who would say yes. There's been a lot of talks about a team like the Edmonton Oilers, who are clearly desperate for a goaltender and a goaltender of high caliber. That would make sense. I could see it working. The only problem being is the cap situation, right? So it would have to be something where they could send cap back Maybe they send back Koskinen, who makes four mil a year, and then they also ask Chicago to retain some salary. I don't know the logistics of it, but I could see a fit like that because there's not too many teams that we would call contenders who don't have a starting goaltender already. Very true. The only other thing that I can think of is if a team like the Colorado Avalanche wanted somebody else there to maybe not be the Mm. starter, but kind of split with Darcy Kemper. Because Kemper has been, let's say, inconsistent. He's been playing well of late, but he's definitely been inconsistent this season. And unfortunately, he does have that, let's say, Band-Aid kind of name beside it where it's a possibility that he could get injured. And that's a team that wants to... He's injury prone. It's injury prone. That's a team that wants to compete now. That's a team that's looking for a Stanley Cup now. And they've been affected by goaltenders getting injured in the playoffs. Of course. Where they they had... Hutchison have to come in imagine right imagine if they could get flurry instead so that's something where to me I could see it happening they have the cap room right now because they haven't Mm -hmm. like Makar's contract hasn't kicked in yet they haven't re-signed Nathan McKinnon yet they have cap space set aside for those situations because they know it's going to happen inevitably yeah but in the interim they have that possibility so if you're looking at that lineup and you're saying man this is a playoff contender this is a Stanley Cup contender I don't see why adding a guy like Fleury doesn't make it even better and give you that opportunity where, hey, if one guy's struggling a little bit, you go to the other guy. He's had experiences. And he knows, he knows what it takes to win. He's had experiences right. where he's fully been the backup. 
right? Like he, he played a little bit in the first bit for Pittsburgh and then he ended up sitting and not playing and Matt Murray ended up playing. So not that he was useless. He went in and played games when they needed him, but he's used to having another goalie there. He's used to having Matt Murray. He's used to having Robin Leonard to in Vegas, yep. right? So I think that would be a really good fit too if they could figure something out. As we know, they have a ton of prospects, so maybe that's something mm-hmm. to consider. The only thing there would be is it's within the division. So do you pay a bit of a higher price for it? But I think at the end of the day, everybody involved, including Colorado and Chicago, would probably assume he's not re-signing there. It would be more just a rental for this year to give them that possibility of, hey, if an injury happens, we're not going to have to turn to Hutchinson. (laughs) We can can turn to Mark andre Fleury instead. Because his contract is expiring at the end of the season, correct? So is Kemper's. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so both of them are. But then it would Mm -hmm. be... Kemper, Fleury, and then the third goalie would be Frank Kuz. So Frank Kuz, I think yeah. that would give them a lot more confidence going into a deep run in the playoffs. For sure. Staying on track here, Marcus. Goaltenders. Goaltenders. Some news came out in Who's up? in Boston. Tuka Rask is back. He, okay. He's finally <laughs> healed. They knew that it was going to be a long process for him. He told everybody, if I'm coming back to the NHL and playing for the Boston Bruins, I'm not going anywhere else. So they knew it was going to happen. They've signed him to a one-year, yeah. one-mil pro-rated contract. So kind of okay, similar year, to what mil. you were yeah. saying with Evander Kane. He's probably only mm-hmm. going to get paid three, maybe $400,000. But he's made his money. He's back. He's, now, this yeah. does bring up the question of if he's going to be back, they have Linus Olmark getting paid $5 million a year over the next three years after this year. It was a four-year contract. Mm-hmm. And they also have Jeremy Swayman, who's been playing well. But here's the problem for Jeremy Swayman, Marcus. Swayman is eligible to be sent down to the minors without going through waivers. Unfortunately for him, I do think this means that Tuka Rask is going to be taking over his spot. I do think he'll be the odd man out. So fantasy-wise, if you have Jeremy Swayman, keep this in mind. You might want to pick up Tuka Rask. Mm-hmm. I think it might be Tuka Rask and Olmark as the top two goalies there. So for fantasy, if you've been riding with Swayman, that's great. But this is a wake-up call to you of, uh uh-oh, he might not be getting some games that you thought he might be getting down the rest of the stretch. Well, he may not be in the NHL. may not be in the (laughs) NHL. So if you could trade Swayman, if you're not in a keeper league, that is, because he'll probably be the goalie in a couple years there. But if you uh, have the ability to trade him, trade him now and potentially pick up Tuka Rask if he's a free agent in your league. Marks, you looking for a goalie still? Ish. You could take a look at Rask. (laughs) Yeah, if he's available, maybe I'll go check right now. I think he is. I'm kind of busy, Sean. You know, I'm kind of looking at my fantasy. Can can you talk about something else? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I actually picked up Evander Kane as well. Oh, did you? Yeah, just in case, because it sounds like he might sign elsewhere. If the Edmonton Oilers can give him a fifth chance, I don't see why. Huge. I can't give him another chance. He was on my fantasy championship winning team last year. So, got to... There you just go. Just keeping an eye out. Yeah. So, are you making a run then? Is he going to... Join your team, and you know, next thing you know, you're in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see about that. But maybe he's somebody <laughs> I can keep because I do believe he was drafted. And the last name I want to talk about, Marcus, his name is Claude Giroux, and he plays for the Philadelphia Flyers. Who's that? Is he the captain or something? Claude Giroux is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. So if Philadelphia continues this downward trend then there is a possibility that they go to Claude Drew and say, would you like to be traded to a contender? I don't think this happens without his permission. I believe he has a full no trade clause. 
But if he wants to go to a contender, this might be his opportunity. He's getting a little bit older. This team is not producing the way that a lot of people thought they would be producing. I think a lot of that falls on goaltending and defense. But they're also not scoring goals. So one thing that could be a huge upgrade for a lot of people down uh, who are going down those long playoff roads here would be a right shot winger who has had years and years of experience as a centerman. He is currently playing on the wing, but he's had that experience in the past of being a center. So the fact that he brings that flexibility for you, he can go into a pinch for you. He's been a number one center in the NHL. All of that experience and all that production, not to mention he's having a good season. He's still a very good player. Not to mention he's still having a good season. <laughs> he's not just an old veteran who wants to kick the tire one more time. He's definitely a very capable player. They'd have to give a lot up for him if if they wanna if any team wants to acquire him. Exactly. So that's something to keep in mind for sure. Um, he's a guy. He's not gonna get traded for a fifth or something like no, that. No, no, no. He's got twenty nine <laughs> points this year. So he's gonna be at least a first. Yeah, he'll be a first round pick if he gets traded. So we'll see what happens. But that's somebody to keep in mind as well. Is see him in a Leafs jersey if he's <laughs> on somebody else's team, and maybe you think he'll go somewhere. Well, he'll start producing more because he's playing with better players. Then that's a possibility, right? That's somebody who yeah. you keep an eye out for, unrestricted too, right? So maybe that's a team that Colorado looks. Uh, looks for right and tries to take a look at Mm -hmm. i know a lot Mm -hmm. of people had said that maybe taylor hall would be going to colorado last year but i think claude Giroux would help them out quite a bit as well to give them that flexibility Sidney crosby's going to colorado (laughs) yeah i think Sidney crosby's (laughs) staying put dude because that team is uh, absolutely absolutely a playoff contender and now that malkin's back too and the way tristan jari is playing yeah i think they're going to be going oh they're well they're in it they're in the they're going to be going on their own run i think well, they're nine one and zero in their last ten. So Pittsburgh, that is. Yes, yeah, they they are playing fantastic hockey. So and now they have everybody back. So like we said, man, this is a team that has Crosby as number one center, Malkin as number so two you're center. You're saying they're going to acquire Claude Giroux, Jeff gonna, Carter Giroux as going, number three center. Ahead. Dude, they don't need Giroux's, anything. Yep. Didn't didn't Jeff Giroux's Carter and Drew play together in Philadelphia? Yes. There you go. Yeah. There, we, but we got the connection. Claude Giroux. You heard it like here first. Played against Pittsburgh you heard, his whole career. You he hates Pittsburgh. Heard it here first, man. You heard it here first. That's true. Claude Giroux to Pittsburgh. Claude Giroux to Pittsburgh. Massive from one rival to the other. The the Battle of Pennsylvania. Not They don't care. But one yep. thing I will say <laughs> is I wrote down a name here, Marcus, and his name is Daniel Winnick. Do you remember that name? Toronto Maple Leaf. Toronto Maple Leaf. Ex-Toronto Maple Leaf. Got traded at the trade deadline. Resigned the Toronto Maple Leaf. <laughs> and then we traded him again. <laughs> then traded him again. <laughs> Did the man dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but, but all I'm saying is I do believe if Claude Giroux wants to remain a Philadelphia Flyer, I can't see a reason why Philadelphia does not want to resign him. So all I'm saying is this could be one of those Daniel Winnick situations where they trade him at the deadline and then they re-sign him at the end of the year. Very similar yeah, to... Yeah. Um, uh, who is the guy we got from Montreal, the third line center? Thomas Plakanic. Yeah, Plakanic as well. He left He left Montreal, came to Toronto, and then re-signed with Montreal at yeah. the end of the season. So I could see something Always like that. Always wore a turtleneck. Yeah, yeah. I could <laughs> see something like that happening as well. But those are my thoughts for fantasy. So just nice. the heads up if you have Swayman. And then these are some other guys maybe to take a look at who maybe you could buy now. And then if they get traded to a contender maybe they are going to be good for you down the road and in the playoffs. And 
I actually mentioned it, but I didn't write it down in the notes. I picked up Evander Kane. If he's available in your league, that's also another option if he does end up signing with another team and actually playing in the NHL. We mentioned this, but he was just shy of a point per game in his last season. Or maybe he was just over a point per game in his last season when he actually played with the San Jose Sharks. So fantasy-wise... You could be getting first-line production right there. Yeah, fantasy-wise, strong player, gets penalty minutes, gets hits, puts up a ton of points. Really, really solid player. Nice. All right, this does it for episode number 14. We're almost... Yeah, 1-4. Yeah, number 14. Man, it's crazy. Can't believe that. But uh, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. We will be back again later this week. Should we tease it, Marcus? Uh, sure. <laughs> On our next episode, we're, we're going to be guest. bringing back fan favorite, Kevin. Kevin will be back with us. Uh, we're going to be recording sometime this weekend. We don't know when that will actually get out to you, but... On the next episode uh, after episode 14, so episode 15, Kevin will be joining us again. He's going to tell us a little bit more about his professional career, including some experiences that he had as a general manager. So we get to hear a little bit about how those stories work. And uh, I'm very excited for that too. Okay, well, thank you everyone. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to talk to Kevin next time. And it should be very entertaining. And uh, have an excellent week, everyone. Bye. Bye.